Hey, it's Open Threads. It's my podcast. I'm Brian Castle. Welcome to it. Back on the show today is my buddy Craig Hewitt. He is the founder of Castos, the podcast hosting company, and Castos Productions. They do podcast editing. I'm a longtime customer, longtime fan of them and of Craig's. Hey, here's my real-time-ish update for you, and I'm recording this one on May 6th, 2024. First, I just want to say that once and for all, the name of this podcast, I'm sticking with the name Open Threads. <laughs> you may have noticed I had briefly renamed it there uh, in early 2024. I was using the name Full Stack Founder. Well, long story short, I'm sunsetting that brand name and that website. It was a short-lived project that just didn't quite stick. So this podcast is back to its original name, Open Threads, from here on out. Okay, so uh, my so as for my update, uh, you know, my main focus now continues to be instrumental products. That is my product studio where I partner with clients mainly on UI and UX work, and uh, I specialize in designing modern interfaces for SaaS companies, and I deliver my designs in the form of coded HTML and Tailwind CSS templates and components. So that's the uh, the main um, service that I've been working with a couple of clients lately on, and uh, it's something that I continue to uh, to really double down on the rest of this year. Other than that, I'm spending the rest of my time building out some new software products of my own to uh, to add to my small portfolio. My main SaaS product, Clarity Flow, continues to run smoothly uh, with my small team, and we're always working on some imp- improvements there. So that's my update for now. On to the show. So today we continue our conversation because Craig and his family took an interesting turn a couple of years back. They moved from the States and went to live in France, in the south of France. Pretty amazing place. But then, you know, about a year ago, they decided to move back to the States. So it's an interesting perspective that Craig has on culture and how that compares, you know, living abroad, living in, in a place like Europe and France compared to living in America today. We recorded this near the end of 2022. And we talked about entrepreneurship, how that compares, you know, uh, abroad versus, you know, running a business in America. There's a whole lot of trade-offs and some of them good, some of them bad, some of them cultural, some of them, you know, structural. And we, we talked about the highs and lows. We even got a little, we, we got into a little politics. I guess it's a, a little difficult to, to avoid that sort of thing when we get into one of these chats. But you know, it's a really good conversation, really good, a really good perspective and a unique one here that, that Craig certainly has. So I think it was a great conversation. For now, let's talk to Craig about living abroad and coming back. All right. Well, Craig Hewitt, let's just let's roll right into the next episode here. I think it might be cool to just do this sort of a random show here because, you know, there's another, a bunch of other loose ends that I think are interesting to talk about. We can go a number of different ways. We touched on a little bit of like the funding versus being bootstrapped and and hiring and things like that in the last episode. We can get into that. You and I have both been through different types of funding rounds. Another interesting thing, and this sort of tracks back to my episode a few a few weeks back with Laura Roeder, who, you know, she, she moved from the US to the UK, I believe. You are, 
American, and then you you and your family moved to France. You and I actually hung out in France, Switzerland, <laughs> uh, or yeah. that, that that was in Switzerland, slightly right. better version um, of France. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. But you you have since moved back. So I'm curious to know about living in the U.S. versus living in Europe, and and even as an entrepreneur, what what that's all about. So I don't know where do you, where do you want to dive in here? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the, the living abroad and, and all that is interesting. You know, maybe the more unique thing that that I could talk about, like there's a lot of folks that have taken funding and, and we can talk more about that for sure. I think like living abroad, oh man, there's so much to say that there's not like an answer. Right. And I think that's like the, the short version. So yeah, from the U S um, moved to France when my son was three and my daughter was five stayed there until about 10 months ago. And we moved back and we're in just outside Providence now. So how many how many years were you in France? So five years. Okay. Five five and a half and, years. And where are you from Florida originally? I'm from Florida originally, yeah. Okay. Um cool. and we moved and kinda was the plan. Like I quit my job, was running a podcast motor, decided we wanted to travel because our kids were young and we didn't have any pets or a house or anything like that. We had sold our house and had planned on traveling a lot and then figuring out like where we wanted to live. Traveled for a couple of months and then landed in like the south of France and it's like amazing, right? Like totally amazing. Ended up living. That's a pretty impressive spot to me for you guys to settle down because, you know, we, we traveled around Europe. That was when you and I hung out for, for a day there. And as much as I, I loved seeing France, it was really cool. It was definitely the most difficult country for us to make our way through, mm. with, especially with the, with the language barrier. Sure. My, my wife and I both have zero French you know, we yeah. speak a bit of Spanish, but no, no French. So yeah. like going into a restaurant was really difficult. Yeah. You know? I, I can't imagine sending my kids into school there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I mean, that, that, that's like a whole thing. I mean, like, so, so like education in a way was a lot better in France, was much more rigorous, like a perfect example. My daughter's in sixth grade here now. And, and we go to like open house the other day and they're like, okay, your, your, your student is going to have 10 spelling words per quarter. And they have to get those right. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Ten like, words. When she was in <laughs> fourth grade, she would have 10 words every week. And they're like not easy words. <laughs> and so I'm like, this mm -hmm. is just like, so that's good that it's more rigorous. It's bad that like in a more traditional learning environment, they learn a bunch of stupid stuff. Like they had to memorize poems and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing teaching my kid like, all this stuff that they're never going to use. And I know that's like kind of the part of education, but like, I mean, from an education standpoint, like one, it's another language, whatever, like the kids understood everything fine, but it's just like old, super old school there. Whereas like here it's, we moved to Barrington where we live because it's one of the best like school districts on the East coast, at least. And it's amazing. Like the stuff they do and the technology they have and the kinds of programs they have in and out of school is, is totally amazing and way better than in France. And so like, hmm. that is by far the best thing about living here. <laughs> like, so if I understand correctly, you mean like the, the technology and the, maybe the format or the structure and the resources available in the U S have come a long way. And they're a little bit more, maybe a little bit more cutting edge, but the teaching style and the curriculum Yes. In France is still from before, which is probably more rigorous yes. than, than where the U.S. has gone. Yeah. And I, I definitely see this, too. Like what gets to me sometimes about public education, my, my kids are in first grade and third grade here. 
in, in public school. But I wonder how this plays out as they get a little bit older is like, I've always found that like school is not really teaching like problem solving. Mm. Like to me, that's the most important piece of whatever it is. Like take a bunch of pieces and connect the dots and, and we've got this big hairy problem. We've got a lot of options. We've got to figure it out. Maybe that's just the entrepreneur in me, but like looking back on my schooling in public school is just a lot about memorization, like read the textbook, memorize the textbook, write it down on the test and then forget it all the next day. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know how that's helpful. I think that like, I'm sure it's not great, but here it's a lot better than it was in France because there was zero of that. It was literally study for the test, take the test. And they have standardized tests in middle school and high school that like dictate your entire life. So like, it's just really, I don't know if draconian is the right word, but like really traditional, like authoritarian. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that like schools can't teach things like entrepreneurship too much, you know, and, and there's probably a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. I mean, I think that like, aside from education, yeah, language is a big thing. We lived there five and a half years and my wife and I are, are, you know, quite fluent in French, but it's like a continuum, right? Like a spectrum. Like you are fluent to be able to talk to your, you know, the other kids in the village and their parents about like normal daily stuff. But like our house got broken into one time and I had to go to the police mm -hmm. station. <laughs> and like, those are not words you use when you're talking about the soccer team, you know? And right. so like... <laughs> That what we, what my wife and I say is it's like just the mental overhead of living in another culture, you know, like mm -hmm. your fucking visa and how long until that has to renew and what are you doing and how many days have you been in the United States for this tax break that you get? And do you have to file two sets of taxes now because you didn't, you know, whatever. And like, it's just all this stuff that like mm. now I'm in the U S and like, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to worry about any of that. Like everybody speaks English. I understand how everything works. Cause this is like where I grew up and all that. So it's like super easy, but at the same time, like living in Europe is amazing. Right. Cause like mm -hmm. you can travel, like I looked it up the other day, you could travel Geneva to Rome for $35. And it's like yeah. that, that doesn't exist anywhere around here. And it's just, yeah, Europe is so cool, but it's not, it's not exclusive to Europe. I guess that on the travel thing, there's there's the argument to be made that like you're a visitor in Europe, so it's amazing for you to go see all these places that are easily accessible when you live there, right? But you're also easily accessible to New York City and Boston, yeah. you know, with, yeah, which are also amazing cities. But to us, we take them for granted because we see them all the time, right? Totally true. I'm also curious about the cultural difference, whether it's day to day life or maybe being a business owner or any of that, but like. Correct me if I'm wrong here. One one observation that I seem to have is it seems like these days, and this could just be us because we're very, me and, and my wife, my family, we're pretty quiet. We're not super social and outgoing locally here. You know, we have our friends, we have family, and, and I have a lot of my connections with folks. But like on my block, in my neighborhood, <laughs> neighbors are not hanging out and talking to each other. We go to the school functions. Most parents are not talking to each other. There's a few that are friendly and we're friendly with some, but like, it's not a big social thing. And we were hanging out in Paris. We had an Airbnb for like a week or two over there. And everyone on the block was like getting together for happy hour and, you know, young professionals with kids. 
Yeah. I don't know. Like, is that something that, that you notice? Like America is, is, especially in the suburbs, I think everyone sort of locks their doors, stays, <laughs> stays in their, in their lane. And there's not as much socializing it, at least not even when I was a kid too. Like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's tough, man. Like I, I agree. Like, and I'm trying to make sure I don't like generalize too much because we've just not been here that long. You know, we moved in December and it's fucking winter in New England and like nobody does anything. And then like, yeah, in the summer we got out a lot more and now it's fall again. And yeah, but yeah, I mean, we've been here 10 months and we've been like over to people's house or had people over four or five times, I think in 10 months. Whereas before it was all the time, every weekend, having, having people over or whatever. Conversely though, like our kids are all over the place. I mean, we live in a place probably like you where like they just run down the street and go to someone's house and say, they'll be back in two hours. And, and in that respect, it's about the same. Like, so for the kids, they are as social and open or whatever Mm -hmm. as, as they were before. And I think that like, if you ask my kids, they'll probably say that like, they're making deeper connections here because there's not that even very small, subtle, like language or cultural barrier, you know, like references to, you know, like big Lebowski kind of, you know, (laughs) references that like, they have no idea because they didn't grow up in France. They're not French. They don't get all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, they like eating tacos and, you know, they eat their waffles with a fork instead of rolling them up. Uh, Like it's all these little things that (laughs) you a hundred percent will always be different living in another world in another country, even if you live there a really long time and generally fit in. It's all those little things. And, and I think that's kind of what got us. It's like, it's all the little things that just after a while are just like, fuck, this is really hard. Yep. 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 So yeah. So like, what was the the decision to move back? Like what, what went into that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it was kind of a lot of little things, right? One is taxes. You know, I went from not paying myself anything basically when we moved and cause we had a whole ton of savings to paying myself, you know, a, good salary. And like, that's a big tax bill in France. And yeah, didn't want to live there. If I have a really big tax bill someday, that was one Mm -hmm. that maybe was like the biggest, but maybe not the most urgent. My daughter went into like the equivalent of middle school there and school got really hard. And so like doing schoolwork with a middle schooler is hard, but in another language is super hard. Mm -hmm. And so like legit, like couldn't help her with her homework. And that Mm -hmm. was like really hard. Now she like middle school's four years there. So she was in the second half of fifth grade and we moved back here fine. But now it's in middle school here and is doing like geometry and shit. And I'm like, Whoa, I gotta like, I'm an engineer too. And I'm like, I gotta like figure this stuff out again. I I wouldn't be able to do like sixth or seventh grade work here in America. Yeah. I mean, so like, (laughs) we knew that we couldn't really help them at all. And, and like that, but it does seem like good timing for the kid's age to have a big move like that. Like you're not in, in smack in the middle of high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically said like somewhere around here, we, if we're going to do it, we got to do it. We have older parents and being close to them, like is important as they need more of our help. And that was good. Cause my dad was in the hospital for a week and a half in the winter and was able to go down to Orlando and be with them and help my mom. Yeah. Just a lot of, a lot of little things you can't like, we couldn't buy a house because like, if you're not on like the super badass visa, you can't qualify for a mortgage. And like, we'd rented a house for five years and that's lame, like for your personal financial situation. So just a lot of those, a lot of those little things. And now we're, and now we're back here and a lot of those things are better, you know? And then at the same time, we're like, man, we had like, we lived in like Tahoe basically, you know? 
Like we lived in a really, really sweet place. And a lot of the physical location where we live now is not as good, but like the school and it's ultra safe. It's pretty close to a lot of really cool stuff. So, yeah. I, I think it's cool that you moved back to the Northeast. I feel like most people in our circles, at least, they tend to like default to somewhere out West, like Portland or Colorado or whatever, like Chicago, like one, one of the, like, I feel like the Northeast gets sort of like slept on. I, I mean, sometimes for good reason, like, yeah, it can be overcrowded up here. It can be more expensive than it should be, but like, we've got some pretty decent beaches here. We've got New York city, Boston, we've got some, yeah. some mountains up here in the Northeast, you know? Yeah. Um, there's, there's, there's stuff to like up here and we've got the fall, which is just kicking in now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that like objectively, you know, Amanda, my wife and I say like, I don't think there's like a place that is so much better in the U S than where we live. Like, yeah, sure. Maybe we could have moved to Portland and it would be a little bit better, but there's a lot of really bad things about Portland <laughs> you, mm -hmm. that like just don't exist here. And so like, yeah, I don't think that that's not a significant enough difference to make us think about like moving again. Like the only thing we think about is like, now that we've lived here, are the bad things that we saw in Europe really that bad? Or were we just kind of like overly sensitive to them? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a chance we'll end up back there. Really? You think you would move back again? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Like after kids graduate, that sort of thing? Oh, a hundred percent after kids graduate, we will. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah. maybe before, because I mean, I don't have to tell you about like fucking guns and safety and stuff like that. But I mean, I will say a hundred percent, if there is another. You've mentioned that to me a couple of times. I, I'm curious about that because this is, this has absolutely crossed my mind a, a hundred times, probably most parents in, in America these days. And look, I, I don't want to get too political here, but like. I'm happy to get very political. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, but like guns specifically, it it's so terrible that it has to cross my mind every time my kids go to school. I mean, literally every morning. I'm not joking about this. Like, yeah. I, I think about this every single morning. Like, what if today is the day that, that the news story that's going to happen somewhere, what if it happens here today? You know, it's it's just fucking terrible. And, you know, I've said this a number of times when, when one of these big, you know, shootings happen. Like, at what point is it irresponsible for me as a parent to not actively think about leaving because of this? You know, is like it, at a certain point, it's like, how irresponsible can you be to stay? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, but millions and millions of us are here. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, I just like having lived in a place where you never think about it because it just doesn't exist. It's, it's significant, you know, like the mental overhead. Cause I'm the same way, you know, I, I hug and kiss my son every day and kiss on the school bus and I kiss my daughter on the way out the door. Cause she walks to the middle school. I only do that because yeah, I think fuck like this is the day. And if I don't hug and kiss them this time, then I'm going to regret the hell out of it. Whereas before I would just be like later, you guys have fun. Cause I know they're coming home, you know? And yeah, yeah I mean, a hundred percent, if there's another big thing like that, like our kids will not finish the day at school and we will not be here that night. Like we're just gone because it's so easy. Like anyone listening to this show could move to Greece, Portugal, Ireland, the UK, instantly, right? Hey, real quick. This podcast is sponsored by Instrumental Products. That's my product studio where I and my small crew, we take new product ideas from concept to launched. 
I'm a full stack product designer and developer, and I love collaborating with fellow founders, creators, and SaaS companies to bring that spark of energy into new product ideas. Think of instrumental products as your shortcut to shipping that next idea and getting it into the hands of your customers as efficiently as possible. Got something to ship? Let's talk. Visit instrumentalproducts.com to learn more. The other thing that gets to me is, is the healthcare system. And oh, again, yes. not to get too into the weeds, but that this is the kind of thing that like, just as a customer of a service, if it were yeah. any other service, I'd be like, yeah, no, this is totally ridiculous. I'm taking my business elsewhere. Why, like, why are we paying so much for such terrible care, for such bureaucracy and crazy systems between insurance companies and, you know, specialists all over the place? And yeah. I mean, it's just unreal. I mean, okay, literally this week. So my, my daughter had a, had a freak allergic reaction to a fruit. She's never had the allergic reaction before. We had to put her on an ambulance, went to the ER a couple months ago. She was fine after a few hours, but it was, it was a scare, right? But it was not like, it was nothing. Like it was a five minute ambulance ride to the ER, had some, a, a small dose of medicine and she was fine. We just got the bill for $1,700, you know, like four months later. And that's just, that's what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and this is like a regular occurrence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean... mean it, this would be really interesting. Someone way smarter than me, I'm sure, listening to this may be able to like actually do the math. But like, yeah, you you do the math on what your taxes get you here versus in a place like whatever, you know, the Netherlands or France or Portugal or whatever. And you think about retirement, you think about college, you think about healthcare, you think about safety, you think about school that a lot of people have to send their kids to private school. And like, yeah, again, I, I haven't done the math. I'm sure I'm not like smart enough to, to to do the math, but it's probably like a wash, you know? And I said we moved yeah. back here because of taxes. Like, I don't know if that's right. Like, I don't know that, well, certainly there's not an amount of money that would make me feel good about me, my kids not being safe, you know? Mm -hmm. And I didn't appreciate that before we moved. And I definitely, like that part of the decision I regret. And, and that would 100% be the reason we leave again. I think as an American, like what's what's really hard about it for me now, I don't think that it's just getting older. I, I think what happened was like 10, 15, 20 years ago, there were plenty of problems in America then too. But there was a sense of like, well, things are probably going to get better. Like maybe if we, you know, yeah, yeah. In, in the no, next totally election agree. cycle yeah. or, you know, certain things are moving in the right direction and, you know, we, we could see mechanically how things could get better. And now there's just a sense of like hopelessness, like, like every, I gotta say, like, no, this is as good as it's going to get. Right. Cause you have like a reasonable person running the country right now. And right. But, and, and like all logic is like, it's the next election cycle is probably not going to work out so well. And yeah. And well, so a, it's a like, reasonable person will not be running the country in two years. And like, that is, that is just asinine, right? Like for the most yeah. successful country in the world, right. By a lot of measures to, to be just so dysfunctional at, at, in the leadership role. Like it's just astounding. And even when the person that you might vote for is in the, is in the white house, like Congress is, is the most dysfunctional it's ever been in, in the history. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like, you know, basic laws that shouldn't even be arguable, just cannot get passed or, and then if they are passed, then they can't even implement them. And it's just like ridiculous. So at a certain point, it's like, well, 
what, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think to be fair, everywhere has their version of this, right? Um, sure. And it is your ability to be aware of it here versus if you live in another country, like you don't get all the stuff, you know, even mm -hmm. if it's an English speaking country. Yeah. And I think that it's just the, the, the issues that every country has, right? Like it mm -hmm. might not be guns in most other countries, but it's healthcare or it's retirement or it's the cost of housing or whatever. I think everyone has their problems. And so like thinking about leaving just for that is probably not what I would do, but if the specific issues that we have are significant enough, then, then I think it's worth considering. And that, that's yeah. just me and my wife. Well, I guess sort of, you know, getting it back to a somewhat positive note as we wrap this up here, like I'm curious to know about entrepreneurship, you know, again, like culturally between living in America, owning a business in America, especially an online business compared to Europe, I get the sense that startup culture is global now. It's not just an American thing. I mean, people think mm -hmm. of America and capitalism and, and it's sort of like in our blood here. Maybe, maybe there's some, some level of that. I mean, both my grandfathers were, were small business owners and my father's small business owner. And so like there, it sort of runs in, in the blood here, at least for me. And I know for a lot of Americans, but curious if you've seen anything like in terms of the culture of being a business owner, whether there's like a more, more aggressive nature for, or, or, you know, finding and seeking opportunities as an American versus, you know, people living somewhere else. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think that, yeah, like I, I said to a lot of my friends that like, I didn't want my kids to grow up with the kind of entitled, like French attitude about a lot of things. I have a lot of French friends and they're amazing and maybe they'll listen to this, but, but like we are like, I don't know, but just I'll figure it out. Of course I can do this because I want to. And, and that is not mm -hmm. universal. You know, there are a lot of yep. really smart, successful people in a lot of countries that just like, they just don't think about that at all, you know, and that's a huge mm -hmm. generalization, but that's me living in both worlds and having friends, both places that like, it's very American to say like, sure, I'll just go figure it out, you know, build the parachute on the way down. It's much less common. I'll say at least in, in like in France, at least. And I think that like, as you get into more progressive countries, it becomes more common, right? Like again, you know, Scandinavian countries, you know, Ireland, UK, more common. Yeah. I think that, that especially these days, one thing that all these like non-American countries and especially first world, so Canada, UK, France, well, I don't know about France specifically, but like I see a lot of our friends in Canada and UK, like it is easier for them to get into entrepreneurship than it is for an American today, you know? Because again, like the things we were talking about, ma mainly healthcare, yeah, health be amazing. healthcare being tied to your employer in America and, and then still costing a ton of money yeah. is a huge blocker to entrepreneurship. And it, and that's, that's what amazes me about American society today is that we are not like, and that's what really angers me about, uh, <laughs> of course, this went right back to the dark side, <laughs> but the, but you know, that's what really angers me about, about healthcare and the folks who are fighting for more healthcare coverage. Cause they're not making the argument for the entrepreneur. You know, the the right wing of this country sort of gets credit as like the business wing when really, if if you want to talk about business and entrepreneurship, make it easier, remove the barriers, you know, let folks like me buy into a public option, you know, like, yeah. like do, do stuff like that. 
to make it easier to go out on your own and leave full-time employment and start something because everything else is easier. You can do it online. You can find customers anywhere. You can spin up a Stripe account. Those yeah. barriers from decades ago are not there anymore. It's just the the government barriers that make it more more difficult now, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and so then we, we have a lot of friends in Canada and UK who like, you know, you see a lot of great entrepreneurs pop up there because they can take those risks earlier, younger, because that safety net is there, you know? In a lot of ways, it just seems like a backwards world we're living on, living in these days, you know? 100%, man. Yeah. I, I will say the, the most valuable thing we learned, I think, is like the, the work-life balance. Again, this is just like most of Europe, but like, yeah, a month of vacation in the summer is just what you do. And like, you know, this summer living here, we had one of our friends actually went on vacation, maybe two. You know, yeah. everyone else is like, oh, we're just going to stay around here and the kids are in camp or whatever. I'm like, man, like our little village in France, literally no one is there the month of August. <laughs> literally the whole place <laughs> is empty. <laughs> like everyone yeah. goes to Italy or the south of France or the, the coast or whatever. And it's awesome. It's because they're like, yeah, it's just like one, like culture is there to support it, right? Just it's cool that you're just not there for a month and work just doesn't exist and all this kind of stuff. And and like, I never really embraced it because I was living, like I was working a US schedule basically from France. And so like, I think that's just the one thing that like is really great, right? About most other places is like, they legit have work-life balance. Um, whereas yeah. we're always chasing more. And like, that's cool. That's why we're so successful on the whole. It's also why there's just a lot of, kind of stress related issues. Mm -hmm. I, I know it all too well. I, I always feel like I'll never get away from the, from the grind, you know? Yeah. And we take, and we take a lot of vacations, but, but I'm still working on the plane there and on the plane ride home and, you know, working 50 hour weeks plus, and I don't know. Yep. That's, that's, that's what going what on vacation doing. tomorrow, man. Excited. Are you, where are you going? Uh, we're going to Phoenix to visit some family and head up the Grand Canyon for a bit. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That, that's one thing we've got going for us over here. We've got some pretty beautiful uh, national parks. Totally. It's been, yep. it's been one of our, uh, one of our, you know, family sort of goals is to hit, hit them all. We, we did Grand Canyon a few years ago. We just this past summer, we went to Yellowstone National Park, Grand Teton. Nice. Badlands. That, that was a really, really beautiful one. Yeah. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it there. Craig, always, always a pleasure yeah, talking man. with you. Thanks, Brian. All right, man. All right, later. That does it for today's episode of Open Threads. What'd you think? Let me know on Twitter or X. I'm at CastJam. And you can find the full videos for all episodes of Open Threads on the YouTube channel for this podcast. That's youtube.com slash open threads. One more thing. I'd really appreciate if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. That helps a lot. Thanks for listening. I'll see you on the next one. Thank you.